better. Good morning. I hope everybody is doing really good today. And we just want to continue this time that we share each week uh, as a time to really to share our hearts with each other, uh, even though it's virtually, as well as sharing our, our heart with God, of course. So let's open this morning with a word of prayer. Creator God, once again, we are privileged and grateful to be able to gather this morning in the name of your son, Jesus, as we look at various different topics, we look at various different ways that our life can fulfill the mission that you have called each one of us to. So Lord, we just pray that you would be in the midst of all of us, even though we are separated, but still that your spirit would permeate our thoughts and our minds and our hearts. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray this morning. Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to start a new series today, and the series is titled, uh, No Offense Taken. Have you, have you noticed how easily people become offended today? I mean, have you noticed that? Have you noticed how argumentative people can be? You know, especially Christians, you know, there's there's nothing that says, you know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that, you know, you're exempt from these things. It just doesn't work that way. Well, why is that? Well, I think part of the reason is because today in the world and in the culture that we're in, everybody has a platform. Everybody has an opinion, a perspective, and everybody has the other or the opportunity you know, to promote their perspective and their position on certain things. Uh, today, everybody is right, and that must mean that all of the other people are wrong. Well, today people use opinion as fact. Now think about that for a minute. You know, many people today, they have certain feelings and certain understandings of things, and it generates, you know, opinions inside of us. And we, we turn to those opinions and use them as facts instead of looking at what the actual realities of a situation are. Uh, many times people want to prove themselves right today. So we'll, we'll promote and we'll post and we'll become offended and we'll, you know, protect our viewpoints and Really what we're doing is we're using feelings instead of our sense of reason and understanding that God has given to each one of us. We have that. It's an innate characteristic of our humanity. But God, but you know, but in the world today, you know, we, we have so many opinions and things just kind of set us off. I was reading an article the other day by um, Psychology Today and in the article, they talked about this, uh, this new condition that is kind of permeating society. What they say is that there's this thing called borderline personality disorder. Borderline personality disorder. And that it is affecting our world and our culture today and that it's actually kind of out of control. It says that people are basically insecure and that we're seeking power. Uh, over other people and that, that the average person wants to control the other person and you know we want to believe that, that we're superior to the other person because of our opinions and the way we feel about things and ultimately what we want to do is to prove it. We want to prove it. Well, if you look at humankind today, 
you'll see that many of us look at situations from the outside looking in. You know, and we want to use our opinions as fact in those particular conditions. You know, we look at the at situation from the outside and we, we look at it based on our own understanding, our own feeling, our own interpretation, you know, of the situation. I want to go back uh, to the the religious leaders that were in the in the scene here when Jesus was walking the earth, the religious leaders of his day. And those religious leaders, they rejected Jesus, uh, not because of anything other than he came and he was not what they expected. I want you to hear that. They rejected Jesus because, I mean, they knew he was going to come. They knew a Messiah was going to come, but they, you know, they expected a warrior. And instead what they got was a lamb. Well, they didn't understand. And they took what they knew and they applied it to what they were expecting. You see, they knew the scriptures inside and out. Just like a lot of people in the church today, we know what the scriptures teach us. We know that, you know, Jesus is the Messiah and, and so forth. And back then, you know, they were expecting a Messiah and they related that to their own personal experiences. And that's what they were expecting. And they became no longer, they were no longer open to listening to new understandings of what was going on. Can you imagine what would have took place? If the religious system back in Jesus' day had actually recognized him and accepted him, oh man, what a world. You know, what a change that would have been throughout the centuries down the road. But instead, they took what they knew. They knew that a Messiah was coming. <clears throat> they knew God was going to send that Messiah. But they applied it to what they expected and what they thought was going to take place. They expected a military man. Uh, they expected a political messiah. They expected someone who would be there to fulfill their understanding of what needed to take place, not that they needed to understand what God's plan was and then accept that. You see, we all do that from time to time. You know, we have our opinions, our thoughts, our experiences, and so forth, and, and we, you know, the messiah, blah, 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 and okay, this is what I expect. Well, you know... We can't always rely on our opinions to be right and to be truthful. You know, Christians, all of us have to respond to the world around us, to the, the tempers and the snide comments and, you know, the forceful stances of other people. And, and we have to respond to the emotions. And many times we're called to respond to the emotions of other people as if they were fact that the emotions that people are throwing out there actually are based on the way things actually are. Well, over the next few weeks, I'm going to offend some of you. And I, I hope you will just simply expect that and realize that this is all being done, you know, in the spirit of Christ's love. Uh, I'm going to offend some of you because I'm going to talk about some very explosive issues and you know what? Let's face it. It's difficult to control our emotions, especially when situations are near and very dear to our heart. I want you to see this particular scripture here. This one comes from the book of James in chapter 1, verse 19. And it says this. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, 
take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Well, how are you doing with this particular command of Scripture? Today in this culture, it's so easy to be offended because people don't often listen, especially completely. You know, we'll listen for a little bit and then cut the person off or we we turn off our minds as far as being able to or wanting to even understand what's going on because we have feelings and we have experiences and we have opinions. You know, people respond to things off the cuff and get upset almost immediately today. But if you look at the scripture that's on the screen, that's exactly the way that Jesus lived. He lived according to this, to James 1. And as far as being offended, I don't really read in scripture where Jesus was offended in the same way that you and I uh, can become offended today. Now, why is that? Why wasn't Jesus offended? Well, partly because Jesus was others focused. He was slow to speak and quick to listen, and he wanted people to think. You know, we know that Jesus responded many times in parables and sayings. Why did he do that? He did that because he wanted people to get out of themselves, get out of their own experiences and their limited opinions, and he wanted people to understand the situation, to think it through, and how God was orchestrating things, or how God was allowing things to to play out and to take place. He wanted people to think. You know, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to numbers and all, and, excuse me, I was looking uh, as I was studying for this uh, particular sermon. And I saw that answering a question directly, I mean directly answering somebody's question, Jesus only did that three different times. Only three times in all that's recorded in Scripture. But he also asked people over 300 times questions. Why? Again, because he wanted people to think And to put their emotions and all aside and to not be so opinionated and to actually look at and think through what he was saying and what the situation was and reflect on how what was happening was part of God's plan and how that might unfold. It seems like (laughs) it seems like being offended has almost become the norm in our in our modern society, in our culture today. You know, who's going to be vaccinated? Who's not going to be vaccinated? Who's going to wear a mask? Who's not going to wear a mask? Who's going to kneel at the anthem? Who's not going to kneel? So my question for you is, are you one of those people that's easily offended? Are you one of those people that can easily be knocked off guard by somebody's comments or somebody's perspective on things? And how do you respond to it? You know, Some people actually like being offended, I think. You know, this Psychology Today article kind of mentioned that a little bit, and it talked about how when people are offended, we feel angry, and then we defend our position or our opinions on things because it makes us feel morally superior sometimes. You know, we're in the right. Everyone else is either evil or they're a complete idiot. So how is your anger and you're being offended working for you today? Is it working at all? 
Is it making you more like Jesus? Is it making you a more loving person? Is it is it one of these things with that, you know, helps other people in their journey of faith? Well, if we add the next verse to the question here or the, the command of Jesus to, you know, be be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. The reason for it is because, right here, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. That's the bottom line. You know, we're here in this world, and God is allowing things to take place, and God is walking with us through this journey because he wants us to change. He wants us to understand who he is, and he wants us to learn to trust in him. Not just go off half-cocked and be, you know, opinionated and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're just raising the neck with everybody. No, that's not it at all. He wants us to become more and more of the image of his son, Jesus. And human anger does not produce that. Does not produce that. I've had people tell me, well, you know, you know, Jesus got angry and, and you know, he went into the temple and he cleans, cleansed the temple and threw them all out and overturned the tables and all. Well, he did, but he's God, you know. He can go into a place of worship where people are supposed to come and worship him, and he has every right to do that. But when it comes to our humanity, he's telling us, follow my lead, follow the way that I lived my life here when I was, you know, on the earth 2,000 years ago because I was slow to speak and slow to angry and all it become anger and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes we say, you know, well, you know, I have righteous anger too. Really? Sometimes we look at a person or a situation and we say, you know, I'm angry about that sin. I'm angry over that sinful condition. Well, a lot of times when you look at it, uh, it's someone else's sin. And we're not angry about our own. And that's just self-righteousness. That's self-righteous sin. And that's just as wrong as anything else. So how effective is self-righteous anger when it comes to making the world a better place? Making you and I more and more of the image of Jesus to other people? Does it bring us joy? You know, we all have to make a choice. We all have to make a choice. Jesus does not want us to be right. Now, listen to what I'm saying. And I really want this to, to be something that kind of penetrates your heart and your understanding. Jesus does not call us to be right. He does not do that. Or, you know, Jesus calls us to make a difference. When I said Jesus was people-focused, that's exactly why Jesus wasn't, you know, standing up saying, well, I'm right and you're wrong. And that's why he spoke in parables many times. And that's why Jesus was very kind and patient most of the time. And it's because he wanted people to think through their bitterness or their opinions or their emotions and realize that the goal here is not to be right. The goal here is to make a difference. The goal here is to make a difference not only in your life as you grow in your, in your faith and your trust in who, who Christ is, but also to make a difference in the life of somebody else. You know, in Scripture, we all know the story about this really smart guy. 
And he had everything. He was very smart, and he was diligently trying his absolute best to live for God and to follow the scriptures and just to do the right things. And he comes to Jesus one day, and he says, well, you know, what do I have to do in, in order to, you know, inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus tells him, this is one of the ones where he answered directly, one of the three. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Notice that he didn't call us to be right. He called us to be loving. He called us to love and trust God. He called us to be compassionate and patient and loving with our neighbors. I don't think you can be offended and then at the same time be loving toward another person. I just don't see it. I don't see that at all. I can't I can't imagine trying to lift somebody up or better somebody's condition or, or help somebody see something more clearly uh, if I'm offended by what they've said or what they do. Think about the cross. You know, as a, as a disciple of Jesus, we got to remember that the problems that we experience in the world, the problems that we experience in the world, you know what, are problems with evil. They're problems that are a spiritual battle. I think one of the things that we need to do is to realize that our expectations of other people are not always right on target. If you look at this scripture, which is from 2 Timothy chapter 3, it tells us that people will become lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They'll be boastful and proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, but treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You ever get shocked by people or shocked by what somebody posts on Facebook one day and, you know, you just want to respond and blow them into the weeds? Well, people are sinful. People are lost. And Jesus demonstrated for us that the most loving thing that we can do is, first of all, trust God and then try and love people in the same fashion, the same way that Jesus did, but realizing that we are his servants and Jesus himself is God. You know, Jesus could have been offended many times. If anybody had, you know, the right to be offended, it, it, could have, it should have been Jesus. But he wasn't. He was more interested in the other person. Like when he, he talked with a woman at the well and he says, you know, uh, you've been married five times now and now the one you're with is not even your husband. What are you thinking? He was doing these things to get people to think through their situation, the way they were rationalizing things, and their, their human understanding of things. He was trying to get people to see the faults in the way that they felt and the way that they were following many of those feelings and emotions. You know, when I first started 
you know, my Christian journey and walking the scriptures and reading and all that, I, I kept waiting for this time when Jesus was going to ride in, you know, with an army of tanks or something and just start nuking all the Romans and, you know, and just fixing the world. But it never happened. It never happened. Well, why? Because Jesus, his mission on the earth was to save people's hearts and souls. It wasn't to fix the earth. That comes later. I think we need to lower our expectations of people, realizing that people are sinful. The other thing I think we need to do is we need to increase the level of grace that we show people. Increase the grace. For it is by grace that you have been saved, and that is through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God. And it's not by your works. And that way nobody can boast about it. Nobody can say, well, look at all that I did. No. You see, if you're offended by somebody, you're probably much less likely to pray for them. So instead, when you're offended by somebody or some situation, pray about it. Love that person. Do whatever you can to seek the best for that person. Don't just sit there and say, well, I'm right and you're wrong. You know, what a jerk you are. No. no. That's not the way that Jesus calls us to live. Now, I don't minimize the hurt and the pain and the, you know, the, the problems that people have experienced in this life. I mean, we have many reasons to be truly offended, you know, truly hurt. You know, some of the things that take place against children or elderly and, uh, you know, spouses and problems, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why we can become offended and angry and hurt. But to put logs on that fire is not the way that Jesus has called us to live. He calls us to tell people that it in him we can trust. 